fucking awesome. Come on, it's gonna be fucking awesome. You know the words. It's gonna be fucking awesome. That's it, say. It's gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah. Hey guys, Jesse Blaze Snyder here, the coolest group alive, and of course that is not a boast, my friends. That is my solemn oath to you to strive to be the most educated professional in geek culture who always knows the best ways to adapt beloved geek culture properties. Of course, that is with love and respect. Because as the great Doomcock of YouTube says, without respect, we reject. Shout out to Doomcock. I love his channel. Um, yo, so the Razzies came out this weekend. And um, I really felt like they missed. <laughs> they missed so much. And at first when I was like, Man, they really missed a lot of shit this year. Um, I mean, I was right. They did miss a lot of movies and whatnot. But um, but so much of what I felt like they missed was like TV. So I felt like, you know, it was useful to maybe put together a Razzie's TV award show for, for, for last year. As well as, um, you know, update the list that they gave us. So the Razzie Awards... In the, the five nominated pictures for the worst picture of the year is The Exorcist Believer, Expendables 4, Meg 2 The Trench, which I agree was not good. None of the Expendables movies are any fucking good. The promise of the Expendables movies has never been fucking executed, not from the first one. And like I know there's some people out there like who enjoy them just as stupid action movies, but they don't hold a candle to the shit that they're supposed to be homaging. <clears throat> All those Expendables movies suck. So I didn't even bother to see that one. And I didn't see The Exorcist Believer either. I heard it wasn't so great. Uh, but Meg 2 sucked. Uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods was okay. It's, it doesn't deserve to be on the worst movie of the year list. And then Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I feel like that's just like them being mad or something. <clears throat> because like that doesn't really deserve to be on the on the list either. Um, there's a uh, worst actor. You've got... <coughs> <coughs> <clears throat> Forgive me, I've been I got like sick weeks ago and I've just been fighting like a little something. Uh it stinks. Um so worst actor, we've got uh Russell Crowe in the Pope's Exorcist, we got Vin Diesel in Fast X, we've got Chris Evans in Ghosted, Jason Statham in Meg Two the Trench, uh, and John Voigt in Mercy. Um <clears throat> Jason Statham was not the worst part of Meg Two the Trench. Just seems like low hanging fruit there. Um Worst actress, we've got Anna D. Armas in Ghosted alongside Chris Evans. Uh, Megan Fox in Johnny and Clyde. I don't, I never even heard of that one. Salma Hayek in Magic Mike's Last Dance. Jennifer Lopez in The Mother. Dame Helen Mirren in Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which I thought she was great in Fury of the Gods. Um, this like just seems like a reason to like lampoon something. Worst Supporting Actress, we've got Kim Cattrall in About My Father, Megan Fox in Expendables 4, Bai Ling in Johnny and Clyde, Lucy Liu in Shazam! Fury and the Gods, she wasn't so terrible, um, Mary Stewart Masterson in Five Nights at Freddy's, I didn't find her particularly terrible or anything. Worst Supporting Actor, we've got Michael Douglas, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, I, him in particular? Okay. And finally, Ant-Man Quantumania is on the list. I mean, <clears throat> maybe that's something that should have been considered for worst picture. 
but there are worse. Uh, Mel Gibson from Confidential Informant, which just seems like a dig against Mel. Bill Murray in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah, that one, I guess we could leave there. Franco Nero as the Pope in The Pope's Exorcist and Sylvester Stallone in Expendables 4. How can Sylvester Stallone be bad playing himself in Expendables 4? <laughs> it must be so bad. Um, worst screen couple, any two merciless mercenaries in Expendables 4. Any two money-grubbing investors who donated to the $400 million for remake rights to The Exorcist. Anna DeArmas and Chris Evans who flunked screen chemistry in Ghosted. I don't know if it's Chris Evans' fault. I think it's that Anna DeArmas chick. Um, she's very beautiful, but she has something very walled up about her that... Um, I, I've seen her in other things, and I, I, I find her hard to read. Um, and, um, you know, somebody who's hard to read, you know, if, if she's like that in real life, Chris Evans just may have had a hard time getting a bead on her. Um, I have a, I, I'm very good at reading energy, as they say, and, uh, and I, I, I struggle with her. <clears throat> Salma Hayek and Channing Tatum, Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yeah, I mean, Salma is just... <sighs> Salma Hayek is one of the first like screen crushes I've ever had that went away the moment I saw her be interviewed. She's very like serious and stiff and all the things that didn't necessarily come across in earlier roles, but she's brought a lot of that stiffness with her into so many of the things that she does nowadays and it's it's not serving her very well. Uh, <clears throat> oh, also the list continues. Pooh and Piglet in um, as bloodthirsty slasher killers in Winnie and the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <clears throat> also, we've got worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel, where finally some of the movies that were missing from the first five show up. Um, Ant-Man, The Wasp, Quantumania, The Exorcist Believer, Expendables 4, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Still Beating a Dead Horse, and Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Which, isn't this funny? Worst prequels, remakes, ripoffs, and sequels. So, we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp there, but the worst picture is The Exorcist Believer, Expendables, and Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And worst remakes is uh, Expendables, Exorcist, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. But now we've got Indiana Jones and Ant-Man here. But from the main worst pictures, it's got Meg 2 and Shazam Fury of the Gods. So that's interesting. So they get like a little dig in here. Indiana Jones and Ant-Man, the Wasp Quantumania. I mean, <clears throat> I feel like if this had its finger on the pulse of things, this list would be a little bit different just for comedic effect. And I think that says everything to you about what I'm going to say when I'm done with this list because I am very suspicious about the validity of this list. Anything that is around long enough and is an organization in Hollywood or anywhere else eventually gets corrupted. And this seems to me like a controlled list, and I'll talk more about it in a second. So you got worst director, uh, Rise Frake Waterfield for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Again, they really want to shit on that one. David Gordon Green for The Exorcist Believer. Peyton Reed for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So I guess Quantumania gets another dig here. But again, it's not Worst Picture. It's only Worst Remake. Scott Wah. <laughs> W-A-U-G-H. Scott Wah. <laughs> Expendables 4. Ben Wheatley for Meg to the Trench. <clears throat> okay. So 
here's the movies in the worst director category. It's all the same movies, except we've swapped out Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania for Shazam Fury of the Gods. That's interesting. So Shazam Fury of the Gods was well-directed. It was just the worst movie. This is interesting. Worst screenplay, The Exorcist Believer, Expendables, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Can I Go Home Now, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. So now here's Indiana Jones, worst screenplay. But it's not up there in the other list. Mmm. Swapped out in this case for Meg 2, which had a, had a worse screenplay than Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Um, <clears throat> it was a pretty bad screenplay. Um, at the end, they have a handy dandy list nominations per picture seven for the expendables. They love to stick it to Stallone. Um, I, I really think so. I like, like, so like, like just, just looking at this list, like I see all sorts of bits of bitterness exercising themselves in Hollywood. Expendables has seven exorcist believer has five Winnie the Blue. Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey has five. Shazam, Fury of the Gods has four. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania has four. Meg 2, The Trench has three. But again, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania does not show up in their top list. So their top list, how legit do I think it is? Um, Well, not having seen Expendables or The Exorcist Believer, you know, those guys could maybe be in there. Meg 2... I mean, Meg 2 is so disappointing because the Meg is great. So seeing Meg 2 is like, uh, bummer. I was hoping maybe this would be good too, but it's not great. Um, is it the worst movie of the year? I don't know. I'm going to go over some in a second that I think are fucking way worse. Um, and um, Shazam Fury of the Gods, I don't think should even be on the list. And Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, I don't think should even be on the list either. It's like a silly low budget slasher movie taking advantage of the like it shouldn't even be judged in this sort of regard the fact that it's on the list to me is so fucking hollywood oh yeah let's shit on this list you know and you know vin diesel i think is rubbing his nose in it a a little bit you know like, like so many of these these choices when there are other choices dial of destiny and ant man the wasp quantumania should maybe be up at the top of the list dial of destiny i think in particular should be um also this year you've got the anniversary of disney animation that is the worst thing ever wish at the same time we've got the marvels which is nosedive for the marvel universe at the moment um and i, I haven't seen that one but i I've, I've seen a number of breakdowns and it seems like it is definitely in the running um for the least part of which is that none of us give a shit about it or give a shit about anything that's going on in the Marvel Universe to go, to to foist us into theaters to go and check it out. I also think, just for the sake of humor alone, um, The Little Mermaid should be on this list, complete with a little bit of squawking, scuttle, rapping the, the freaking Marvel's Katie rap song. Uh, what's her face? Aquafina. So, Wish, The Marvels, The Little Mermaid, um, uh, Dial of Destiny, which already, what's that? One, two, three, four. Um, 
65 is fucking terrible. <laughs> 65 had so much promise. Um, Adam Driver's fine in it or whatever, but like that movie sucks. <laughs> I think that movie should be on the list of the worst movies of the year. I was so disappointed going to see that fucking movie. I was so excited to see it. And then I was like, what the, f this sucks. It sucks. It's, you're going to be, you know, I mean, now maybe you'll enjoy it now that I told you how bad it sucks, but it fucking sucks. Um, and you know, that gives us five with 65, but I mean, it's hard to break it down to just five. You know, when it comes to these DC movies, the fucking Shazam shouldn't be on that list. Maybe Aquaman, which is bland as fuck. It has tons of elements in it that like are things that I would normally like, but they're just not executed very well. The whole movie's just yeah, not it's it's just it's it's not great. I don't know if it's the worst movie of the year. The Flash certainly is lame in lots of regards that, you know, or whatever and Blue Beetle. So I mean, if you're going to put Shazam on the list of the worst pick, it's like crazy. Swap Shazam out for at least Aquaman, The Flash or Blue Beetle. Uh, honestly though, I don't think any of these DC movies are as freaking embarrassing as all these Disney movies are. Um, and, um, you know, and then we can have some fun making fun of uh, 65 for being particularly bad. It's Disney had a terrible year, and so did 65. <laughs> the, sh the, sh the shitty ass fucking, the shitty ass fucking ugh, space dinosaur movie. It's, ugh, don't watch it. It's not good. Your homework assignment is don't watch. <laughs> I've never given an anti-homework assignment on the show, but that would be my homework assignment would be don't watch that. So I say the fucking list that this should be, it should be Wish, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, The Marvels, The Little Mermaid, and 65. That should be the fucking Razzies this year. Meg 2, The Trench, is not as bad as 65. I can't imagine Expendables 4 is as bad as 65. It just never lives up to its potential. The Exorcist Believer, I can't imagine it's bad as 65. <laughs> I, can't. I can't imagine that it's as conceptually worse. And maybe it is. I haven't. I gotta go see some of these movies. And then I can come back and I can trust it with my list. But as a geek, I was like, eh, there's, some, there's some movies that we should be fucking talking about, I think. I mean, like, wish, the embarrassment that is wish, the embarrassment that Dial of Destiny is, the embarrassment that the Marvels is, the embarrassment that the Little Mermaid ultimately was, even though that one doesn't necessarily deserve to be on the list. There's some positive things about that one. Uh, but also honorable mentions that could be on this list, Transformers Rise of the Beast, which was fucking... All those movies suck. All the Transformers movies suck. They all suck because they refuse to treat the Transformers like they're actual characters in their own movies. The movies are always about the fucking humans. Who gives a shit about these stupid humans? Um, and, uh, you know, the robot fights and stuff are fun, but it's like they only last so long. Um, if they actually treated the Autobots and the Decepticons like they were real, it would, it would be so good. Uh, and Peter Pan and Wendy, which I think got released directly to Disney Plus. So we'll, we'll like call it a fucking, you know, and that one's like less people knew about. But oh, man, that I didn't see that one either. Like so many of these movies I didn't watch because I knew they were going to be bad. <laughs> I knew they were going to be terrible. See, I got sucked into more of the stupid TV shows and they were terrible, too. Um, 
I knew they were going to be bad. So I, like, you know, I, I either wait to watch them like on TV, like later, or maybe there'll be a director's cut or something uh, or whatever it might be. But like, I avoided these movies. I fucking hated my viewing experience of Indiana Jones four. I wasn't about to go repeat it. I didn't go to see that fucking movie. You people are crazy that went to go see it, as far as I'm concerned. Um, oh, wish I, I really actually wanted to see it after I heard so many terrible things about it just because I love Disney animation. I've seen every Disney animated film ever made, although I do think I missed one somewhere along the way recently. I think Raya and the Last Dragon I didn't get to see. Um, but I've seen you know every everything that they've ever done, and I will eventually see Raya because I need to see all of the Disney animation. So I almost went to go see it, and um, I just kind of missed the window. And by the time I, I did, it was out of theaters because it did not do very well. But I watched a lot of different breakdowns of the movie and the basic plot and stuff, and just it's it's, it's just so disappointing. The slapdash shit. You know, the person who took over at Disney Animation is the person who was in charge of Frozen. And that is such a disappointment. Because Frozen is good, but Tangled was infinitely better. Whoever was in charge when they did Tangled... Oh, I know my answer. It was and it was fucking um, John Lasseter, who was also in charge overseeing Frozen. Uh, Tangled, like, if they should have gave it to whoever was running that film underneath John Lasseter, because... That movie just had the right tone and balance and lack of self-importance and Frozen. Frozen sets just like a terrible tone on a lot of levels. Uh, it's not very well written, even though the the music is well placed with it. And, you know, that movie wouldn't have been the big success that it was had they not last minute put back in something that they cut out, which was the Do You Want to Build a Snowman song, which, holy shit, man, that movie without Do You Want to Build a Snowman is one note. But with you with that song, it's 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 a great one um, because it lifts up all the other ones. That one's like a really strong, strong uh, feature right from the beginning and, uh, you know, charms you for everything else. Um, but um, but Tangled is really uh, special. Um, and uh, the lady who ran or directed Frozen has been running the show ever since. And she's not doing a good job. Sorry, lady. You ain't doing a good job. You're, uh, you're breaking the great thing that they made. And uh, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. So I kind of avoided seeing that as well. But I will see that at some point with my kids when it comes to Disney+. Plus. Uh, the Marvels I didn't see. Little Mermaid I didn't see. I don't, I don't really have like a lot of movies during the year that I like hate. So, like, I don't have, like, a bunch of movies that I was like, oh, my God, I fucking hated that movie so badly or whatever. Um, you know, like usually I have movies that I hate spiritually. <laughs> like, I'm like, ugh, I'm against these Hobbit films fundamentally because it's not supposed to be three fucking movies. One movie would have been fine. <laughs> you know, like, there's certain things that, like, I'll hate in principle. Like, I hate MODOK in Ant-Man in principle. And I hate Ant-Man and the Wasp fighting the Kang in principle. But I don't necessarily fucking hate the movies. I just... When you know how great it could be, and you're given gruel, and you're like, give me these ingredients and see what I do with them, assholes. I'm um, sorry. 
<laughs> it's it's aggravating. I can't imagine what it's like when you're like a chef and like somebody just burns all the food and hands it to you and you're like, really? I, I would have went in here if I knew this is what you were going to do. I know how to do, let me do this. You, you're fucking it up. 65. <laughs> 65 is the one movie I've been making fun of all year. <laughs> because, ugh, what a, ugh. And what a waste. Adam Driver rules. And that movie could have been awesome. I mean, even like, you know, as me and my buddy Aaron, who I talk about all the time, and me and him know each other since working on Disney comics and Muppet comics for uh, Boom Studios years ago, and then we've been friends ever since. And, you know, you can take terrible things and make them good. <laughs> you just, like You can. You just have to sit there and, like, really think. A lot of, like, Deadpool's origin was not good. And Joe Kelly, he went, hmm, I'm going to take this stupid name that Rob Liefeld pulled from a hat of names that he thought were cool from movie titles that he liked, like this one Clint Eastwood movie, uh, <laughs> this Dirty Harry movie, The Deadpool, and I'm going to make it into something meaningful because it's this story about how Deadpool was being tortured along with these other people and he decided he didn't want to be tortured anymore. He was going to push these guys to torture him so badly that they would kill him. And they were betting on who was going to get killed first in the Deadpool. And it gave it this wonderful, tragic thing. you know. And then he survives this thing. He chooses to survive to come back and get vengeance on... Um, what's his name? Um... I don't want to. It's not Ahab. I forget what the name the the name of that that character is. Um, but um, oh Ajax. Um, and um, oh. But that's Joe Kelly going in afterwards, going. This name is stupid. <laughs> How do we make this name cool? How do we make this mean something? And um, you know, as with so many of these things, you know, like I I. I could have saved 65, but ugh. it came out the way it came out. So, yeah. So this is my list. Wish, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, The Marvels, The Little Mermaid, 65, even though I haven't seen a lot of the movies. <laughs> I just think this would have been the funnier list. Um, And with honorable mentions to Aquaman, The Flash, Blue Beetle, Peter Pan and Wendy, and Transformers. Now, I suspect one of two things has happened here because they've got ant-man and the wasp which was like earlier in the year so the innocent suspicion is that literally so few people saw wish the marvels the little mermaid <laughs> peter pan and wendy that there wasn't enough votes for them <laughs> in the meetings because nobody fucking saw these movies. So, first idea is maybe there's an innocent omission of these one, two, three, four, five Marvel movies. I mean, not Marvel movies, uh, Disney movies. Because um, <clears throat> remember, Dial of Destiny and Ant-Man, they do get a little bit of flack, but further down in the list. And I think that they're sacrificial lambs. And I think that Disney gave any number of bribes or whatever to the Razzies to lessen the amount of punches 
that they would take at this year's award show. I believe that is statistically the most likely explanation for this. Again, I'm, I'm admitting I did not watch these films, but we saw what happened here. We saw the drudging that Disney has gotten in the press all year long. There's only so many things that they can control. They control things with press releases of, oh, we're doing a, another Ray movie and people don't like that. And then immediately, all of a sudden, they unceremoniously, unceremoniously, like they, they announce the other one at a big show, big press event. And then just a week later, when they're getting bad press, they just announce it through some back channel that there's going to be a Mandalorian Grogu movie to try to cover up the press. So, like, these are things that they can do. <coughs> These are ways they can control their fate. Other ways they can control their fate is bribing the Razzie Awards and keeping their name out of the spotlight. Can you please not put any of our films in the thing? And can you please trounce on Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? Can you make fun of them so much? Can, can, can we try to make people not want to do this ever again? Can we embarrass all of these filmmakers who went out on a limb and did something like this to go against the establishment? Can you uh, crush them a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. And then Shazam! Fury of the Gods features one of Disney's actors, Zachary Levi, who did one of their animated films and was in one of their Marvel films, and he left to go lead one of the DC franchises. Interesting. Of all the DC movies that were really bad this year, Aquaman, The Flash, Blue Beetle, there are some to choose from. <clears throat> Shazam! Fury and the Gods is the least of those troubles. I believe I actually have lists from past week of what the ratings were for all these different movies. Yes, I do. They're right here on my phone. So let's see. Shazam 2 was an 86% with the with the uh, audience, 49% with the critics. Meanwhile, 39% for Black Adam with the critics. Um, the audience liked um, The Flash 3% less, even though the critics were a little nicer to The Flash, but the audience liked The Flash less. And Blue Beetle... Granted, we liked a little bit more, but less people saw that movie. So more people who were excited to see it, still excited to see it, saw it. Um, you know, that one has the smallest pool to pull, pull from, even below Shazam 2. But then, um, you know, technically Black Adams from the previous year. But all 2023 is The Flash and Blue Beetle. And, um, and, and The Flash um, is definitely arguable for being the the worst guy here. Um, well, I mean, at least the, with with the audience. The critics here, I guess, technically speaking, this does explain a little bit of Shazam too. Um, but again, it, it's, it's, it's like tone deaf in terms of, you know, freaking The Flash had Michael Keaton in it and they couldn't succeed with that. I mean... Like the level of failure here, and like if you're like rubbing your Razzies in the people's faces, I really feel like there were other ways to go. And I think Disney deserved the most. If Disney was going to get a flood of bad Razzies, it would be this year. And it didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? 
bribes, <laughs> payola. And like, I'm sure of it. <laughs> like, to me, this seems like the most unnatural Razzies ever. And I think you can kind of tell by the level of like interest in the Razzies and interest in people like from the list. They were like, that's the list. Nah. Who gives who who gives a shit about that? Like like if you're gonna pick a bunch of movies that nobody went to go see because nobody gave a shit, like Expendables Four, The Exorcist, Believer, um, <clears throat> um, you know, have them be ones that like fundamentally pissed us off a little bit more, like Wish or Dial of Destiny or The Marvels or Little Mermaid, um, you know, or if you're gonna pick a bad movie like Meg Two, The Trench. Pick 65. It was fucking terrible. Meg 2 wasn't great, but it wasn't fucking 65. You know, and Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey seems like a weird one. Seems like uh, fishing to me. Uh, seems like they're trying to squash the little guy. And Shazam, Fear of the God seems like the most, like, insulting one to maybe pick for DC. But DC maybe has Paola in here too, where they're like, all right, please don't hit us too bad. All right. Don't don't get the flash and don't get Blue Beetle and stuff because Blue Beetle was a triumph because it was a, a, a Hispanic family. <laughs> I don't I, I, I just I just think all the studios are are talking to them and weighing their options and admitting certain failures. And I think it's just a negotiation now who is going to be on the Razzies list. That's my opinion. And honestly, I think if you go back and you look at previous years, you can see lots of similar sort of behavior, uh, even though I can't point to a certain instance, but I've noticed similar things before. Today... I've come to give you the Geek TV Razzie Awards because there were so many to go around this year. And maybe I'm going to start with a bunch of uh, sort of um, uh, honorable mentions. And like I said, you know, as with a lot of these shows, you know, some of them I got out of watching. Um, but uh, but many of them I did watch. And uh, um, and oh, and I I got to check something real quick. Because I gotta make sure that the only thing that I didn't see come up uh, was She-Hulk, <laughs> and I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, okay, She-Hulk was last year, not it was 2022, not 2023. I know two years ago now. Okay, so that's what I thought. <clears throat> anyway, because that would be that'd be the winner, the winner, and still champion. What they did to Jennifer Walters, you sons of bitches. Oh, it's so messed up, man. It's just so messed up because, like, I'm saying this and I'm, like, crying about it whatnot, and there's, like, this crazy narrative that, like, fans of comic books were sexist. To get, like, we're so mad about what you did to our friend Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk. You fucking ruined her. Oh, I'm going to do, like, a massive show on it one day. I just, I, I, I haven't wanted to spend the massive amount of money. It's been for the omnibus for Dan Slott's run. And I really want to read John Byrne's run, too, because I never read it, want to read it. And I want to just, like, come in with, like, an hour's worth of, oh, man, they could have told this story. They could have did this story. They could have done this. They could have done that. Because there's so many great things from the comics. I mean, like, I could do at least, like, 15, 20 minutes, probably, of talking about, like, the Dan Slott She-Hulk run. Um, but I definitely don't remember everything and, like, all the details. And I'm sure I would get a lot of stuff wrong. So I, I would... I just I, I love that book, so I'd rather just go reread it and then do one that does justice. One day I will, um, and sooner than later. I've been like hinting to everybody who loves me, like somebody buy me the omnibuses, but nobody's done it yet. 
Okay. So, in the world of TV, we've got a number of dishonorable mentions, and a lot of these are grumbles through family members and friends and things like that. Uh, first up is The Flash, the final season of The Flash. My daughter didn't even watch it. She bailed it. She, she's been a huge Grant Gustin fan and huge fan of this universe and all this stuff, and she just like was like, all the shows just like went off a cliff. Apparently that was terrible. Apparently the Gotham Knights show was terrible. Their last ditch attempt there. Fear of the Walking Dead is apparently you know just just Walking Dead. You know it jumped the shark a long time ago, which is why I when I stopped watching. But apparently it has just continued to really get there uh, to a crazy length, like uh, in recent seasons. Um, I was not a fan of Obi Wan. I didn't make it through the whole show. Uh, I don't remember how many episodes I watched, but at a certain point I was just like. This is like insultingly juvenile and stupid, and I just like I don't like it, and so I stopped. Uh, Ahsoka, I didn't make it. I didn't make it. Um, but um, the the considering that they were finally bringing things kind of somewhere and trying to sort of do something to set up something for the future of their universe with the Osaka show, and it so failed to get anybody. You know, like, I'm out for Star Wars. Um, Andor Season 2 will be, like, my last thing. Um, unless a major shift, major changes happen. I mean, like, I can't really imagine anything that I would watch from them at this point. With the exception of if they do some really honorable adaptations of some of these video games. Um, or throw out what they were doing before with Ray and adapt some of the stuff from the EU whole hog. Uh, but I really think as long as Kathleen Kennedy is in charge of this company, we're not going to be able to get anything good out of them. So, um, you know, that's just, that's just my opinion there. But, uh, yeah. Um, all right. So my list for the Razzies this year for the five fucking worst shows on television. And thank God I didn't watch most of them. <laughs> Um, and like, and, and, and forgive me if, 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 if you think this is like, this is so like, he didn't even watch these shows, but I, <laughs> if I don't watch it, I dig into it full, uh, full flesh, like in terms of plot breakdowns and everything. Cause I don't care about it getting spoiled or anything. So I'll watch just like full plot breakdowns of anything that I'm interested in. Uh, anything that like I would have normally been interested in, I'll watch not just like one, but like I'll watch multiple breakdowns of the thing to understand what they did and you know whatever. And sometimes watching these breakdowns will lead me to go watch the thing and not really mind it so much because I I spoiled everything that would have really bothered me, and that tends to be what I do why I do it. But um, but another another things um uh is, you know, sort of like, I want to know what's going on, what's being done, um, and understand, uh, you know, what the audience likes and doesn't like. But so often I can tell if something's going to really fundamentally offend me. And for the most part, I know that I'm never going to watch any of these shows that I haven't watched here because I'm well aware of the plot and I'm not interested. First up on this list is Secret Invasion. 
fucking oh my god i mean i just every single time i see that clip of the chick from game of thrones with her arm turning into drax's arm i just i cringe so freaking hard and the the logic behind i mean like i haven't been able to verify but the logic behind how they created the fucking super soldiers uh, the super scrolls in this show is just so aggravating and you know the, the there's a, a really simple path and background with the super scrolls the Super Scrolls were made to fight the Fantastic Four, and it was just one Super Scroll in the beginning who was given the four powers of the Fantastic Four, and he fights the, the Fantastic Four many times. And then eventually over time, that is amplified and ramped up. Well, the way you just did it with Secret Invasion, you, you one, you've lost the ability for the ramp up. You can't tell the one story where you introduce the concept in the first place and you did not introduce the concept very elegantly here, as you have all sorts of characters' powers whose powers would not make sense to be available in this thing based on what their powers are, based on how they got their powers, to just have their DNA or whatever, and all of a sudden that means that you have access to their power. It, none of this shit makes any sense. It creates terrible science fiction foundations for the, the building blocks of the Marvel Universe. The Super Scroll is a favorite villain amongst the the fans of comics and they doesn't that they don't look like the super scroll it's not fighting the fantastic four i mean like there's just like nothing about this that is satisfying to the fans this secret invasion and the reason why i didn't want to read it is because i've read secret invasion i love secret invasion it's, it's a fucking great great story arc wasn't necessarily one of my favorites 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 but awesome really really well executed involved all these different superheroes um, tons of characters that aren't yet in the Marvel Universe, which is why I knew they weren't really going to be able to do the Secret Invasion story. And it was weird for them to even friggin' call it Secret Invasion. And then when I started to see footage and things, I went, mm, 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 I'm not going to like this. This isn't going to be good. This isn't what I want to see as a fan, especially now with the label of Secret Invasion on it, which I've read and I enjoy. So fuck Secret Invasion and uh, Razzie Award nomination number one. Razzie Award nomination number two, Mandalorian season three. Yeah, Mandalorian season one and season two are great. Just really charming and enjoyable and fun. I really enjoyed watching it with my kids and was awesome. Mandalorian season three, coming off of that fucking awful Boba Fett TV show where we get two great episodes of The Mandalorian, actually. Two great episodes of The Mandalorian built into Boba Fett, which sucked shit. Oh, my God. Sucked so much shit. Um, I can't, like, like, but watching Boba Fett all the way through and watching Mandalorian Season 3 all the way through are the reason why I didn't see Asaka and I didn't see much of Obi-Wan. I was just like, oh, was, uh, they st- I was, I thought, you know, I like Owen McGregor. I wanted to watch it, but it, but it sucked, so I stopped. Mandalorian season three is just like, it's so terrible, dude. There's so many things that went on behind the scenes there. You know, if it hasn't been put to you correctly, there was totally a weird power battle between Gina Carano and Kathleen Kennedy. And um, and I don't, because Gina Carano didn't want to use pronouns in her profile. And they like came after her really big with a tweet that I talked about now at length in my previous episode on Gina Carano. And, um, fired her from the Mandalorian show. 
and uh, and it was a loss. She's not like my favorite character on the show, but she's very credible as a tough character and um, was very well liked by uh, the audience. And she's certainly uh, pleasant to look at and charming lady. Um, and so uh, I, I I didn't dislike her. And um, she was a good part of the show. And there was more plans. It was a new show called Rangers of the New Republic. Um, the beginning of building out uh, a, a Star Wars universe that might be cool and compelling for fans. People were very excited about that. And then when they fired Gina Carano, all that shit got scrapped. And, um, you know, it, and it, like political moves, I think, to fuck up John Favreau and what John Favreau was doing. I mean, it's so ridiculous. They were trying to launch uh, women and the forces female for so long. They finally get a character that really is fucking on fire with the, the fans. That's a girl. And she just wasn't the right fit. So they got rid of her. It's lame as shit. Right. It's, it's just the fucking lamest, lamest of the lame. So fucking it's just so stupid. So stupid. The behavior. I mean, but this behavior's always been like this. It's it's actually been so much worse. You know, because of the nature of like the internet and like the the um the internet is forever. Um you know, you see it with like all these podcasters uh, over uh, over the years like these comedian podcasters. Over time, their audience kind of gets a sense of who they really are and they try to call them out on different bullshit. But a lot of these bullshits are things that they're not really like self-aware about. You know, they're subtle things that they don't want to admit to. And they end up getting into like minor uh, battles with their audience because they're they're finding that they're, they're figuring out the truth. And that's what's going on now, you know, across the board with critics and, and criticism and stuff like that. And I think you'll find with me that I'm the same guy today that I was yesterday and I will be forever like you know like that's 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 who I am uh and we need more people like that who can survive being transparent <laughs> that you know like that that if we look too hard at them we're not gonna like hate them <laughs> you know we need those people uh to get into places where we can support them to change the world and change systems and whatnot you know I, I have a publishing company and like you know I, uh, supporting me isn't about like supporting this comic book and that company it's about supporting changing the system paradigms because i'm somebody who wants to see that happen i'm somebody who wants to see creativity rise to the top and people who really deserve it get opportunities to thrive and by people who deserve it i mean talented people People who have great stories to tell. People who have great writing styles. Uh, people who are too meek to sell themselves but do great work. Uh, there are many people like that out in the industry, and, and I can't wait to raise them up, both in the music industry and the comics industry. And, you know, so that's what it means when you get behind somebody like me. And we have to get behind more people who we can respect in these ways. And that is some dastardly shit. Um, you know, Gina Carano's politics are too centrist. They're not as extreme as I would like them to be. And uh, John Favreau is getting power in the Star Wars universe, and I'm failing. So let's fire Gina Carano so that we fuck up John Favreau. And he's limped along. This third season of The Mandalorian was just awful. They forced Grogu back into the story. So the story's now back with Grogu and just like a whole bunch of useless bit of like him being cute and stuff which you know a character like that like resting him for a little while and bringing him back to be adorable again and all these things like like it was it was good we we liked uh, the mandalorian because of the storyline there were so many other things that could have been done i felt like uh, i used to enjoy with my ex-wife gray's anatomy for the first i think it was three seasons around the end of the third season um i think it was the end of the third season they forced 
a promotion for a spinoff show called Private Practice, I think, um, into the show. And I was so aggravated, just like like morally like, fuck you show. I don't want to watch your other show. I want to watch this show. There was like compelling things going on in the show, characters that I liked. I wanted to find out what was going on in that show. And instead, I was forced to fucking watch this bitchy character from the show go over to some new show where we can meet all these other new characters or all these hot people all like hot person number one hot person number two and people that she might be interested in banging and it was like oh my god just wanted to shoot myself and similarly the mandalorian season three was like that where it was like oh here's uh, katie sackoff as like the head of the mandalorian people and um and here's what was the other uh, there was another bit that was sort of like ripe for its own show or whatever that was introduced. I don't even remember now. Fuck that show. Um, like seriously, Mandalor- Mandalorian season three was ugh, and I just kept waiting for it to, I don't know, come together somehow, and it didn't. I wanted to cry because I was like, John Favreau, you've let me down. Like there's literally a moment in it where John Favreau's self-insert character the mandalorian character that he plays you never see his face because he's in a helmet he gets killed he gets like mowed down by overwhelming force and you're like is this a message is this a message to the fans like i did my best but i was overwhelmed and they killed me it seems like a fucking message to me doctor who the latest uh series of specials um you know, this show's been going for so long. It was the thing that I was feeling like I was missing out on for a long time. Um, case in point, I was feeling out like I was missing out on this and missing out on X-Files. And recently I was like, what do I watch, Doctor Who or X-Files? And I decided on fucking X-Files. So watching the damn X-Files and uh, mostly enjoying it. It's a little bit like, uh, I don't know. feels a little dated for me. And it's like about so much subject matter. Like it's based on real cases. And... I know so much more about these real cases than this show does. <laughs> so, so I've been watching it going like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Um, I kind of like, I don't like, I'm like, I don't like that you're turning this shit into fiction. <laughs> and I might maintain that same uh, feeling about the X-Files. But I didn't do Doctor Who because ugh, I've it's been like so like just... To go back to some old fan favorite directors and writers and fan favorite Doctor Who character and just do what they did, which was rub the fans nose in everything that they didn't like about the previous season of the thing. Not go, hey, sorry that you didn't love all that, but like, you know, here's something where we're not trying so hard to like force things on you that you don't like which is what i was imagining it was going to be when they said that they hired those people and i think everybody was when the announcement came out that they had hired these people they were like oh man they're amazing they're bringing back people that we like can't wait to see them like it's almost worse than the jody whitaker show that people didn't enjoy and the changes that they made they brought back somebody that people really liked and they literally changed the continuity of some of the show and there's so much crazy stuff that they did. I mean, I watched all these breakdowns, and I'm not a fan of the show, so I don't understand every bit. But like, from changing one of the bad, ba- uh, one of the major bad guys from, uh, you know, being a handicapped uh, person to not being a handicapped person because the message and 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 modern day, um, which I just think is this is so crazy. It's not like every there's plenty of handicap positive depictions and i'm sure even in your show there's probably 
positive depictions of handicapped people in one way or another. Um, and, and then to do all the man shaming stuff with the doctor, you know, it's just like these, these heroic characters are, are going out of their way to do something fundamentally good. Perhaps there are men in the world who deserve to be shamed and who do deserve to be singled out as men in that very man-like, specific man kind of way. But Doctor Who isn't one of them. The Hulk isn't one of them. Captain America isn't one of them. These are men that you should treat with respect because they would treat you with respect. And they have treated you with respect by risking their lives in various ways to save not themselves, but the world. So the, the, these writers that are in Hollywood, for the most part, and the Hollywood producers, they don't have respect. They're not noble. They don't understand what any of that means. So they're not really capable of writing these characters with any respect and holding them in high regard. Everything that was done in the Doctor Who series, and I, you know, I know I didn't watch it, but I, I watched the breakdowns of it, and it really disheartened me. Just so many bits of, of the thing that were broken and doubled down on, clearly to rub it in the face of the fandom that was saying, we don't prefer this. And that, to me, is just the, the worst, you know, it's the, the height of fucking dishonor. And it happens here with Velma as well. I don't know about you. Number four on my list is Velma. I love Scooby-Doo. Like, I've I've watched, I feel like I've watched all those cartoons. I'm sure there's plenty that I've missed, but I've watched so many of those cartoons. I'm a big Hanna-Barbera cartoon fan. I'm a big cartoon fan in, in general. Um, and uh, love Hanna-Barbera. Love Scooby-Doo in particular. And again didn't watch it because I got the scent of what it was going to be and then oh my god I started watching some breakdowns to see if I might enjoy it and I started to go woof like this is like I it's it's She-Hulk bad you know it's it's just this terrible grimy yucky insult to people who love the thing we love scooby-doo we don't detest daphne we don't detest fred we don't detest shaggy we don't detest velma we don't detest scooby we love them all so if you're going to make a scooby-doo related something basing it around the fundamental premise that the audience for this thing likes the characters in the thing is perhaps a good idea. No? I mean, like, seriously. It's it's insane when you think about it. Hey, I'm going to make a show called Velma where we lampoon everything that everybody loves about Scooby-Doo. Except for me, we turned me into an egomaniac asshole. Great idea! It's fucking... Hollywood is tone deaf, man. Tone deaf. 
All right, so number one, Secret Invasion. Number two, Mandalorian Season 3. Number three, Doctor Who. Number four, Velma. And number five, Rings of Power. And again, I was smart enough to avoid this, but I watched so many fucking breakdowns on this damn show. And I mean, just war-torn Galadriel. For, for like Talking about ruining great matriarchal characters. People who represent femininity in a wonderful way. I asked her for a single hair from her angelic head. She gave me three. Right? Fucking Lord of the Rings. When she's she, a, a, a hair from her head. Remember the softness of her character? Was that Kate Blanchett uh, playing her in, in the uh, Peter Jackson films? Softness. You know, like they lost this in recent. I was, I was yelling about fucking Echo. And Echo as a character that I really do very much like, who is is an underrated, very cool character. And they changed her in every conceivable way. And they cast some butch lady to play her when really she's like a soft, feminine character. I thought we were supposed to be moving the patriarchy out of the way and getting the matriarchy in here. The matriarchy is ruled by feminine energy. It's not women pretending to be men. Women taking on masculine energy is the patriarchy. The matriarchy is men and women going into their feminine energy and ruling from a place of empathy and change and creativity. That's it. That's a matriarchy. Yeah, we'd love that. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice. That's not what we're getting. Hillary Clinton is not a fucking matriarch. She's a patriarch. She just happens to have titties. That's it. That's it. She's got boobs, but she is operating like the dudes. She's thinking like the dudes. She's speaking like the dudes. There are people out there who have femininity and reasonable. Like I, I really like what's that lady, Tulsi Gabbard. She's a friggin' uh, a, a feminine lady with centrist viewpoints, and of course, she's been run out of the Democratic Party because she's she's a reasonable person, not subscribing to all of the craziness. And that's what we need. The, the, all the craziness, extreme, rah, rah, rah. that's masculine energy. Push, 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 masculine energy. Hey, let's talk about this. Let's figure this out. That's feminine energy. That's Tulsi Gabbard. That's Jesse Blaise Snyder. I want to talk about these things. Can we talk about these things? I want to talk about it. I want to figure it out. Let's figure it out. Let's make progress. Okay, I'm sure there's a middle road where you get to live and I get to live and we can all get essentially what we want. Wouldn't that be nice? Let's, we have to stop fighting to do that. And in order to stop fighting, we have to stop listening to all of the masculine voices that are pushing people around and bullying. And so many of them nowadays are disguised as feminine voices, but they're not. I'm a feminine voice. This conversation that we have here where I'm like, hey, I don't want to piss everybody off, but we've got to be able to talk about this. That's a feminine voice. A masculine voice is, it's like this, it's Jesus or you're going to hell. Except trans people or else. Those are masculine voices. Feminine voices, okay, okay, okay. Well, well, maybe this conversation can get better if we keep talking. We need to go to the center. This place of balance and love. Not the pushing each other out, you know, like sumo wrestlers. Masculine energy. Feminine energy. So how is it that we have somebody like Galadriel, Lady Galadriel, um, and 
and so fundamentally fuck up her femininity and have her lead a show and build a show around her masculine nature that she doesn't have and start messing with a timeline that doesn't make any sense and start flippy-flopping all the races on the planet so that you start going, huh, how did this work like this? I'd really love to hear the story of how all these different races came together, which is distracting. And if you wanted to get in some of those races and you have, um, what do you call it? Um, access to the Cimmerillion, but not access to like all the stories or whatever. And you can tell all these stories that take place in the world, but aren't of those people. Well, there are other people of different skin tones in other areas of Middle Earth. It's mentioned in the books. You could pull character, you could make a character, you could literally like tell stories from there scot-free because not a lot of stories have been told from there. There's a lot of interesting creative things that you could do that would honor the sauce material. The, the, the sauce material. Honor the sauce material. Um, there are a lot of things you could do to honor the source material. That would be very interesting and cool. But you chose to ugh, fucking ship Galadriel with Sauron. And like, there's just so many things in it that are just freaking weirdo, bizarro choices. And unfortunately, it's like, it's one of those things too, where it's like they got some of the rights, but they didn't get all the rights. Well, if you got some of the rights, but not all the rights, and you can't actually do anything good that's going to honor what the fans of the source material want to see, at that point, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it at all. It's, it's just, it's just ridiculous. All right. So those are my five. And I'm just going to announce my winner. I'm not going to be like the Razzies and make you wait weeks and do an award show and whatnot. The nominees, again, are Secret Invasion. Oh, sorry. The nominees for Worst Television Program of the Year 2020. Is it 2023? Is that? Is it, are we in 2024 now? Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. It's 2023. I think it's 2023. Shit. I don't even know. What year is it? I haven't been writing it down. I'm retarded. Uh, you're putting me on the spot. All right. It's embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so where was I? I wanted to give it a proper introduction. All right. So the Geek TV Razzie Awards for worst television show are Secret Invasion. Mandalorian Season 3, The Doctor Who Specials, Velma, and Amazon Prime's Rings of Power. And the winner goes to... Mandalorian Season 3, because it's the one that I watched... Uh, no, um... I was thinking Rings of Power. I was gonna. I, I was leaning to Doctor Who, though. Also makes me sad in a number of different ways. But Mandalorian season three, I say, is really the one because it's it, it signs the white flag from John Favreau. The one thing that was working in the Star Wars cinematic universe, besides, um, I, I mean, besides 
Andor and Rogue One, which nobody watched Andor. I did because it, it really is great. It's uh, it's worth watching. If you got Disney Plus and you haven't watched Andor yet, I recommend Andor. Just uh, some great, you know, sci-fi. I dig it. Um, but um, The Mandalorian, I think, really, that third season has single-handedly defeated Star Wars. And I really think that Star Wars is dead because of it. And uh, it's going to take such major, major upheaval um, at Lucasfilm from where it is right now to change that in any major way. So that's it. That's all I got for you. That's the, um, you know, that's the uh, the TV Razzie Awards and the other Razzie Awards. I think that uh, Paola is making these things into uh not really legit and i think every year from now on i'm gonna have to do my own version of the razzie awards because uh i don't think they're being honest well that's it coolest cheeks i coolest cheeks man today i'm just like <laughs> saying, like saying everything wrong uh i'm impression geek culture commentator jesse blaze snyder you can write to me at jesse blaze at jesse i love you all so much and i look forward to hearing from you um I do a show every Monday that's a new show called All Your Favorite Bands Suck. It's a music show. This past Monday, I defended Nickelback uh, because somebody had to. They're really a great band, and if you've never listened to an entire Nickelback record, you really should. Uh, and I give you a couple of the ones that you should start with because they're really much deeper and cooler and more interesting than uh, they're given credit for based on the things that their record label chooses to release for them. Anyway, I've done Weirdo Yankovic. I did Rage Against Machine. I did The Offspring. I did Motorhead. I don't know. I'm like eight episodes in or something like that so far. But uh, I hope you'll join me over there if you're a music fan like me uh, listening to All Your Favorite Bands Suck. Anyway, thank you for listening to my show here, and I hope you'll join me again next uh, coming Saturday and this coming Wednesday for another ass-kicking episode of The Coolest Geek You've been listening to Coolest Geek Alive with me, your host, Jesse Blaze Snyder. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe for more excellent geek culture content. Thanks for listening. It's my favorite part!
Awesome. <laughs> fucking awesome! It's gonna be fucking awesome! Just wait! You'll see! You'll all see! You'll all see. <laughs>